0: Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. The Mel Robbins podcast is proudly sponsored by Amica Insurance, our exclusive insurance partner. Amica Insurance is all about empathy. They know that your auto, home, and life insurance are more than just policies. Home insurance is about protecting the life you've built. Auto insurance is there to protect you on the road ahead. That's why Amica takes a consultative approach to help protect what matters most to you. They're a customer-owned insurance company that puts your needs first, and their representatives are available 24-7 for claim-related matters. As Amika says, empathy is our best policy. Hey, it's your friend Mel, and welcome to the Mel Robbins Podcast. Today, you and I are going to learn all about the science of sleep from one of the world's leading neuroscientists and researchers. I'm talking about UCLA's Dr. Gina Poe. And before I jump into her credentials and everything that we're going to cover, I just want to thank you. Thank you for being here. Because when you're here with me, I know it's not about me. It's about you. You listen because you want to learn, you want to feel inspired, and you're investing time in yourself right now. And I don't take that lightly because I love you for being interested in improving your life. I mean, that's why I'm here too. So I'm proud of both of us. And today we have a private class with one of the most renowned experts and researchers in the science of sleep. Dr. Gina Poe is here. Now, Dr. Poe is a neuroscientist at UCLA. She's been studying the science of sleep for 30 years. Her lab has done pioneering research. Right now, she's looking at the connection of sleep and healing mental illness. Dr. Poe is going to cover the fundamentals today and questions like, why do you sleep? What is your brain doing as you sleep? What is REM sleep? What are sleep cycles and how many do you need? If you've been hearing about circadian rhythms, she is going to break it down and explain what they are and why they matter. And you're going to leave with five recommendations from Dr. Poe's extraordinary research. Recommendations on how anyone, including you, can improve your sleep. And if you're sitting there thinking, ugh, Mal, sleep, this sounds like a snooze fest. I think I'm going to skip this one. Don't you dare because I thought I knew what I needed to know about sleep too. And then I started preparing for this episode. I learned so many things that I didn't know, but you and I need to know, we should know. I'm talking profound, profound information about how sleep is critical for your memory, for neuroplasticity, for locking in new habits, for creativity, for healing, for so much more. This is one of the fundamental pillars for better health and for a better life. And so that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm glad that you're here. Class is in session. Sleep is on the docket. And guess what? The amazing Dr. Gina Poe, she's not only smart, She's super in demand. This woman is hot off a plane because she's been lecturing at conferences all over Europe, but she is here right now for you and for me. So Dr. Gina Poe, I am so excited to be here with
1: you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I am so thrilled that you're here. And I want to start off with what might sound like a really stupid question. I'm sure not.
1: Can you explain why we sleep and why it's so important? It's a great question, actually, not stupid at all. It's something that we've been looking for an answer to for the last probably 70 years. And... um Actually, longer than that. Wow. There's so many things happening during sleep that can't happen at any other time. Sleep is great for the immune system. It's great for cognition. It's great for the emotional system. It's great for growth and repair. What is the difference
0: between being awake and being asleep? Like, is there uh, like a physiological or neurological difference between the two?
1: Yeah, it's huge, actually. Um, so when we fall unconscious and into sleep, neurotransmitters, chemicals in our brain completely change their composition. So there's a set of neurotransmitters that are uh, associated with wakefulness and being able to attend to the environment, have conversations, think thoughts, and they just completely switch when we fall asleep so that one main one, which is called acetylcholine, which is really important for attention to the environment, switches off. And that's very characteristic of non-REM sleep, which is the first states we normally go into when we fall asleep. So acetylcholine turns off in animals that sleep unihemispherically.
0: What? Okay, that's a big word. What is <laughs> unihemispherically? <laughs> I can't even see the thing. How about me? Seriously.
1: Yes, yeah, so unihemispherically means one hemisphere at a time. We have two hemispheres in our brain and um, each hemisphere controls half of our body. And um, so the right hemisphere controls the left half of our body. And so one hemisphere uh, of the brain is asleep and the other hemisphere is awake. And the hemisphere that's asleep switches off the attention acetylcholine um, neurotransmitter, the chemical. Your brain is doing all kinds of essential things that can't be done during wakefulness. It's another quote-unquote work time, it feels quite different than waking work, um, then you can justify, hey, I need this. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be able to uh, tackle my next day better. You know, I don't think I've ever thought about
0: that it goes way beyond rest because what we're about to learn today is there's all these really critical health and mind-like health, functions that can only happen when part of the brain is in sleep mode. Is that right? Am I I explaining this correctly? Absolutely true. Yep. Holy cow. So why don't we start with, based on your 30 years of research, what does a perfect night's sleep look like? Just so that we have a benchmark for what would be ideal.
1: I think if you just look at a 10-year-old, you'll get what the perfect night sleep looks like. They sleep beautifully. They have a beautiful homeostatic, which means um, it responds to what you're doing during the day, a response and how long you've been awake. They have a beautiful circadian, which means uh, their body knows what time of day it is and what time they should go to sleep um, and what time they should wake up. And so the 10-year-old's sleep is perfect. Don't ever wake up a 10-year-old if you can possibly help it. Uh, they're doing a lot of really Important things, and um, after that, our sleep changes during our teenage years, and we need just as much sleep as a ten year old which is about ten hours or eight to ten hours for sure, <laughs> but te- uh, teenagers circadian rhythms change a little bit so that they fall. Asleep a little later and want to wake up a little later. So um, it's also a beautiful night's sleep if if they are calm and um, not too engaged with social media <laughs> at the wrong times. But um But anyway, that's a great night's sleep. Our sleep is actually pretty great until we're about 40 or 50 years old. And then varying, depending on the individual, your sleep can start to become less efficient.
0: What does a perfect night's sleep look like in terms of how long you sleep, the various phases
1: of sleep? Right. Okay. So the perfect night's sleep for health um, as an adult is something around... Seven and a half, eight hours, plus or minus an hour. Okay. You should be awakened by the sunlight, essentially. So that's something that resets our clock every day. So you kind of work back from there, from the time you need to awaken, to get at least seven and a half, eight hours of sleep a night. Um, different people need different amounts of sleep. Some people need more like nine. Some people are fine with six for a while. How do you know? You just have to know from your own body. <laughs> Some people, if they get six hours of sleep, they know immediately when they wake up and going throughout the day, it wasn't enough. And so your body will tell you. And other people, uh, you know, wake up at six hours and they're fine. And one way to know is how sleepy you feel during the day. Okay. You already said one takeaway that I want to
0: make sure that you listening and got from us, which is you start with the time that you want to wake up. hmm and then you roll the clock backwards mm-hmm. and you're basically saying that it's seven to eight hours, give or take an hour. Yeah. So you roll the clock backwards, probably seven to nine hours. Yeah. And that's when you need to fall asleep.
1: Mm-hmm, that's right.
0: And what happens when you fall asleep? The cycles that we go through and physiologically, neurologically, what's going on and why does this matter?
1: The very first stage is, of course, dozing and um, we do don't really know when we're dozing, except that, you know, we sort of come conscious once in a while and say, oh, wow, OK, what happened in the last couple of minutes? I don't know, because our memory starts um, not recording what we've been doing. For example, if you're reading a book and you fall asleep reading the book, you won't remember the last two minutes of reading. Or if you're listening to a podcast, you won't remember the last few minutes of the podcast before you actually fall asleep.
0: Or if I was talking to my husband and next thing you know, he's snoring. (laughs) He doesn't remember the last minute and a half of what I said. (laughs) That's exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So there's that dozing period, Mm -hmm. which I rather like. Mm -hmm. I love that sort of you kind of drift from Mm -hmm. your mind spinning Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden. almost like
1: you're floating in a pool. Right. That Uh only lasts two minutes. Stage one is variable. It's about two to five minutes, something like that. Okay. And you need that sort of stage one of dozing mm-hmm. to get into stage two. What what right. happens next? Then stage two is really an exciting stage. So between stage one and stage two, there's something called hypnagogic hallucinations, which... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Hypnagogic <laughs> halluc- hallucinations? Hallucinations. hallucinations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's our brain um, losing hold of reality and... All kinds of imaginary imagination things happen. For example, it can be as boring as feeling like you're falling off a step mm. um, because not all of parts of your brain are asleep at the same time as you kind of drift into it. And so you feel the muscles relaxing and, and part of your brain says, ah, I'm falling. And, you know, and the hallucination is incorporated into, into that feeling of falling. And so you think, you know, you're falling off a step.
0: Wait, is that why they call it falling asleep? Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. And I have had that experience before where I do that dozing. My favorite part, you know, kind of drift off into the pillow. But then I every night have like a jerking sensation and it is like falling it's almost like you're moving into the phase where your body is clumsily trying to turn your muscles off so you can drift
1: into the deeper one. That's pretty cool, now I know why I do that. Or it can be as horrifying as feeling like there's a monster jumping on your chest and um, it can be very, very disturbing as well if you wake up from it. so they're pretty vivid hallucinations, almost like the dreams we have in REM sleep, only um, you don't have the atonia, which is your, all your muscles being inhibited to prevent you from acting out the dreams. So oftentimes people, if they have a vivid hallucination that's scary, can wake up from that and, and then feel like, oh, what just happened? You know, was there a monster in my room? Really? Nightmares. Um, comes from that idea just the hallucinations, the weird hallucinations that And this is
0: as your brain is sort of trying to drop
1: itself into a deeper state of sleep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And most people, in fact, don't wake up from that N2. It's called N1 is dozing. N2 is that state of sleep, which has pretty vivid um, dreams, kind of. But they're not long story-like dreams like we have in REM sleep. But we'll get to that in a minute. So then from N2, which our brain is very active, we go into N3, which is also a time of activity, but it's really synchronous activity, like waves of activity going through our brain. And it's disconnected in time, one wave from another. So consciousness can't be maintained. And you, if you wake someone up out of N3 sleep, slow wave sleep, and ask them what they were dreaming, they will not report having dreamed anything. It will be, you know, a blank slate. And it's actually pretty hard to wake someone up out of that state. It's called a deep sleep. And what's the purpose? You use the word wave. Mm -hmm.
0: Like what is is actually happening in your body when you're in that third phase and the wave
1: is happening? Yeah, yeah. So... That's um, a time when we know that our brain is cleaning itself, actually. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> it's cleaning itself? Yeah, it's cleaning itself. Of like uh, Of all the junk that builds up during the daytime when we're awake and alert. Um, what kind of junk builds well, up? Well, proteins get unfolded and things break down, energy is used. All of that gets restored in that deep sleep, state of sleep, so... What would
0: happen if you didn't get that deep stage of sleep and the wave, the cleaning wave? Mm, the I'm clean seeing wave. like somebody
1: coming in after a yeah. big party and cleaning up all That's the right. cups. <laughs> it's like this wave comes through your brain. It's like a wave cleansing the brain. Yes, there's one... Per second, actually, and it sweeps from front to back um, and it just pushes all the junk into your cerebral spinal fluid and out into your. Is that why my back hurts? I don't think so, but yeah, (laughs) that's a good question. Um, Yeah, so if you don't get it, you actually don't get a chance to clean your brain like that, so you really need it. Um, And that's the sleep you get mostly in the first. First half of the night after you fall asleep, so you go from N one to N two to N three. N three lasts, you know, twenty to thirty minutes or so, and then you go back into N two briefly, and then into REM sleep. How is that different than the waves? So. It's it's very different. It's actually also called paradoxical sleep because if you look at brain activity, it looks just like someone's awake. Really? Well, Why and thoughts are going through and. Um, dreams are happening. It's really strong imagery in your dreams. And if you wake someone up out of that state of REM sleep, they will always report a dream, you know, 90, 90% of the time. Even people who, if you ask, say, oh, I never dream or I never remember my dreams, if you wake them up out of that t- stage, they'll remember. I think the reason why people don't remember their dreams is because they are solidly asleep and don't wake up out of that state. So um, don't worry, you, do, you are dreaming. <laughs> what, what is your brain doing? When you're dreaming? It, yeah, in that REM stage. You, yeah, you are, um, well, first of all, you're creating dreams. It's also important for the process of creativity and for um, changing your mind. It's actually an extremely plastic state. So it, it's paradoxical because electrically it looks like wakefulness, but chemically it's very different. Um, so two of the neurochemicals that are off during dream state are two neurochemicals that keep you attuned to things that are novel and they're coming in from the outside mm-hmm. world um, and help you learn from things in the outside world, and those are norepinephrine and serotonin. They are off during REM sleep, so you instead you're in tuned, attuned internally to internal thoughts and internal images, and so you can actually... Build your own schema from the things that you learned during the day that are now registered in your brain. It's not a time for new learning. It's not a time for listening to new podcasts and getting that information in. It's a time to assimilate the things that you've already learned into coherent patterns that make sense. I want
0: to see if I can give that back to you Mm -hmm. to make sure that you listening are tracking because I just had a big like, whoa aha kind of moment here. So you said that the first four hours of sleep mm-hmm. are critical for creativity. And I've also, I think, read in your research that it's also critical for the making of memories.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for the assimilation of memories. What is, the,
0: what is the difference between making, making a and assimilation of memories? So,
1: so making memories requires us um, to pay attention to things in the outside world mm. and put them together. And assimilating means you've taken those things from the outside world and now you're putting them together into packets we call schema, which are related inf- pieces of information. And it's good for creativity because um, these new pieces of information get as- assimilated into different schema in ways that we can't do when we're awake.
0: Okay. I'm, I think I'm actually getting this. Okay. You're basically saying that neuroplasticity isn't happening when we're learning. The neuroplasticity is happening when we're sleeping. Yeah. There's that saying in the exercise world that your abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym because of food being medicine. And what you're basically saying is habits are made in your bedroom while you're sleeping, not while you're out in your life living, because that's when your brain locks in all the learning that you did today. That's so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. The chemicals in your brain, yeah. which are uh, serotonin and norepinephrine, or however you say norepinephrine, noradrenaline, the think of adrenaline. That's yeah. easier for me. neuroadrenaline. <laughs> they're not present, mm-hmm. and because those two chemicals aren't present during this sleep cycle, mm-hmm. your brain is locking in these new patterns and habits and skills and memories. You're calling them, from an academic standpoint, like each one of these memories or this new skill or this new tr- neurotransmitter that gets created mm-hmm. is a is a
1: schema? Yeah, it goes into a schema. Schema are things like, you know, what is Christmas? There's a whole oh. host of things oh. that are associated with Christmas. Or, uh, you know, what does summer mean? Um, and gotcha. there's a whole host of things. And that's a schema into which... There, A lot of things get built.
0: Yeah. Oh, I understand. So it's almost like our own internal search architecture. Yeah. I think about it like Legos, you know? (laughs) Summer Lego box has a whole lot of little Lego cubes in it of different colors and you can create different things. This is really cool. Mm -hmm. And so neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. and habit formation, Mm -hmm. one of the huge takeaways that you've already given us is that sleep is critical. For that to happen, like you have to have sleep in order to have that formation happening in your brain. That's right.
1: Because during the day, you can collect these Lego pieces, but you don't assemble them into a coherent schema. Um, Wow. Yeah. I think if you think of sleep as laziness or um, a time when you're not doing anything then it's harder to justify in our workaholic world that you know of that time we spend asleep but instead if you know that your brain is doing all kinds of essential things that can't be done during wakefulness it's another Quote unquote work time, um, even though it's a pleasant work time and um, it feels quite different than waking work, um, then you can justify, hey, I need this. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be able to uh, tackle my next day better. And so you can schedule it in just like you schedule everything else into your life. That makes so much sense. Schedule it into
0: your life because it matters. I think this is so cool. And you know what else I think is cool, Dr. Poe? You've done a really awesome job of explaining what's happening. I get a sense, don't you, as you're listening to Dr. Poe, that our brains are working so hard while we're sleeping. And there's so many important things happening. And that cleaning wave that comes through like a Zamboni, that's pretty cool. And I bet as you're listening to Dr. Poe explain all this to you, that you're starting to feel motivated and inspired to take your sleep more seriously. I know I am, but there's still so much to learn. So let's Take a quick pause for a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, let's go even deeper. What is REM sleep? What are sleep cycles? And how many do you need in order to wake up and feel refreshed? Plus, we're going to cover exciting new developments in the connection between better sleep and healing. So don't go anywhere because Dr. Poe and I will be waiting for you after a short word from our sponsors. Stay with us. To all my small business owners and amazing people looking to hire people for your corporation, Will you check out our sponsor, Indeed? Indeed is so good that it doesn't just help you hire faster, it helps you hire better. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. So come on, just ditch the busy work, stop searching for people, and use Indeed's matching technology. In fact, Indeed will connect you with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. You know, while I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed. Indeed leverages over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, and their matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Mel Go to Indeed.com slash Mel right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the Mel Robbins podcast. Indeed.com slash Mel Robbins. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and you can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Have you ever heard about the your garage feature on cars.com? Here's how it works. You add your car to your garage to track its market value and cash in when the time is right to sell. Track both your car's historical, real-time, and projected value. And then when it's time to sell, easily secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hey, welcome back. It's your friend, Mel. I'm so glad you're still here with me and Dr. Poe. And learning about the science of sleep, it's not a snooze fest, is it? It's kind of cool. I think so too. It's also cool how it's helping your memory and neuroplasticity and your energy. And so now that you and I have the fundamentals... And we kind of understand why this matters so much. Dr. Poe, how about we go deeper into the depths and mechanics of how sleep is happening in our brains and the function of it, like REM sleep, circadian rhythm. What do we need to know about sleep cycles? So Dr. Poe, let's start with sleep cycles, because I read that sleep cycles last, I think, about 90 minutes. Yeah. What does that even mean? What is a sleep cycle and why do they matter?
1: Yeah. On average, it's 90 minutes. And that's when you go from N1 to N2 to N3 to N2 to REM. And that whole process takes, on average, in us about 90 minutes. In other animals, it's shorter um, or longer. We don't know why it takes the amount of time it does, but it seems to be important that it happens in the order that it happens. Because if you disturb that order, if you you know, um, get rid of one element of it, the whole process does not work nearly as efficiently or at all. So, for example, if you just eliminate the REM sleep part, you can't consolidate your memories and put them together. If you eliminate the deep, slow-wave sleep part, the N3 state, the cleaning part, you will wake up with a junky brain and not be (laughs) as efficient and able to handle the day.
0: Well, that kind of makes sense because
1: if you haven't brought the
0: Zamboni into your brain to clean out all the junk, then you're not working with a clear palate when it comes to locking in. Yes, the things that are new. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay, that is so helpful to understand that your brain is working while you're sleeping. And here's what I want to do now. I want to clarify something. A few minutes ago, when you were talking about like N1 and N2, you casually mentioned that the N1, the N2, all this stuff, that that's the sleep that you get in the first half of the night. And I was taking notes. And I know as you were listening to Dr. Poe, you caught onto that too, didn't you? You've been waiting for, okay, well, if that's the first half, what's the second half? And so- If I'm locking in memories and cleaning out all the junk in my brain with that Zamboni during the first half of the night, Dr. Poe, what the heck is happening in the second half of the night as we're sleeping?
1: Yeah, in the first half of the night after you fall asleep. Thoughts are going through and dreams are happening. It's really strong imagery in your dreams for kind of locking in and sealing the things that you learn during the day. But the second half of the night, or REM sleep more like, every REM cycle, um, is more for building new schema and and making new connections and changing your mind and resolving the emotional... Um, aspects of your memory. So how many sleep cycles do we do in a night? About five. Five is, would be ideal. Okay. The first sleep cycle is a little longer than 90 minutes, um, probably because that N3 state is a little longer and you don't have as much of it in the later part of the last half of the night. You don't have nearly as much N3 sleep. So if you miss the first half of the night, you'll miss most of that N3 sleep, which is the cleaning stage. So you don't want to miss that first half. (laughs) No, I definitely don't want to
0: miss that first half. And did you hear that from Dr. Poe, that you can't cheat your sleep? That your body knows when you go to bed late and when you do, you miss out on all the cleaning and the memory assimilation that your brain needs to wake up refreshed and be able to do its best to help you through your day. So I just wanted to make sure you got that because I think that's important. And Dr. Poe, now that you covered the first half of sleep, tell us, what is the purpose of the second half of sleep?
1: The second half is for... I like to think of it as more creative. It's creative hmm. part. It's emotional resolution and creative um, building of new new schema, or um, so, yeah, so the first half of the night is, Let's do a little correction. It's more for kind of locking in and sealing the things that you learn during the day. But the second half of the night, or REM sleep more like, every REM cycle, um, is more for building new schema and and making new connections and changing your mind and resolving the emotional um, aspects of your memory. So. For example, um, if you remember a painful event, whether it's emotionally painful or physically painful that happened a year ago or 10 years ago, you will want to remember that because it's adaptive and it's good to have those memories. But you won't want to recall when you're remembering the event the actual pain. You Mm -hmm. don't want to feel the pain again, either emotional pain or physical pain, um, that's not adaptive. You don't need that part of it. And so um, in our research right now that we're doing uh, in collaboration with uh, a few other laboratories, we're discovering that it is that REM sleep period, specifically the REM sleep period, and you get much more of it in the second half of the night, that helps to separate out the novelty and the immediacy and the physical reality of the emotions of those memories from the facts that you can recall for for the rest of your life. And that's what happens normally. But people who have insomnia and they don't have good quality of REM sleep, their norepinephrine or noradrenaline is too active because they're too anxious um, while they sleep, then they don't have that Distancing from the immediacy and the saliency and the sense that it just happened today um, so that's that's what we're looking into that's right now.
0: really profound mm. and exciting because if you think about it, I would imagine it's also applicable to somebody that has a lot of trauma yeah um, somebody that uh, has a lot of chronic pain mm-hmm. that all of that is a very real, lived, stored experience in your body. Yeah. And if your brain is not able yeah. to get that seven to nine hours mm-hmm. of sleep where mm-hmm. it can do all of this functioning for a health and a mindset and neuroplastic, I mean, yeah. I think the implications of that, because what you're basically saying is that having good sleep habits and consistent sleep habits actually can help you heal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not only can help you, but it's necessary. It's necessary to heal.
1: It's necessary to heal.
0: Dr. Poe, thank you for pouring so much into us already. And I bet as you're listening to Dr. Poe, you're probably saying the same thing that I'm saying to myself. I never knew that. And it's certainly making me feel more motivated to prioritize this. And that brings us to what we're going to cover next. Dr. Poe has five recommendations based on her 30 years of research that will help you get better sleep. It'll help you wake up refreshed. It'll help all that amazing stuff that needs to happen, happen. And one of those recommendations that she's going to talk about is getting light into your eyes first thing in the morning. So when we return, we are jumping right into the topic of circadian rhythms. What are they and how can you use them to get a great night's sleep? And I bet you're also still curious about Dr. Poe's sleep routine. I mean, what does the world's leading researcher on sleep do every night before bed? The answer may surprise you. It certainly surprised me. So stay with us. We'll be waiting for you after a short word from our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. You know, I don't think about tires all that often, but when I do... You want to know that there's a place that you can go that makes it easy? Meet Treadwell, an online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire in one minute or less. You can find Treadwell at discounttire.com. Treadwell gives you personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Don't you want to use this? I know I do. Enter your vehicle info and Treadwell will match you with the best continental tire. It doesn't get much easier. Treadwell will give you the perfect combination of style and price for your tire needs. Get your set of Continental Tires at DiscountTire.com. Let's get you taken care of. Did you know that one in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL, and now you can use it at home with your kids too? IXL would have saved me so much time at our kitchen table fighting over math problems with our son, Oakley. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies, and now you can access it at home. There's one site for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. It is IXL, baby. IXL is designed to help kids really understand and master topics in a fun way, powered by algorithms so it gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or learning level. No more trying to figure out how to explain math equation or grammar rules that I don't understand myself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL right now. And the Mel Robbins podcast listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com Mel. Visit IXL.com Mel to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors, big and small, but when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you pretty negatively. Therapy is my favorite way To get things off my chest and figure out what the heck is weighing me down. And you know what else I love about it? I can complain about my family without them hearing me. It's amazing. And then they help me problem solve. And then when I leave therapy, I can act like a better person instead of the stressed out freak lunatic that is constantly screaming at my husband and my kids because I can't handle my stress. Therapy helps you do that. It's the place to have open, honest conversations about the issues that are impacting you and, more importantly, it gives you a place to figure out strategies to do better. It's never been easier to start therapy. Start with BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mel Robbins today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash Mel Thank you for still being here with me and Dr. Poe and investing the time in yourself as you listen to this episode today, because as you're learning how you can use the science of sleep to sleep better and feel better, you're getting smarter because of it. And Dr. Poe has five recommendations on how anyone, including you, can improve your sleep. And one of them is understanding your circadian rhythm. So Dr. Poe, can you explain what the circadian rhythm is so it,
1: every cell in our body has a clock in it, and these clocks are aligned by a master clock in our brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, SCN for short, and that nucleus is um, reset every day by light coming in through our eyes,
0: and it is our clock- Running on a 24-hour cycle? Roughly.
1: Roughly. And that's why it needs to be reset every day because everybody's clock is a little different. Okay. Bright light in the morning tells you time zero.
0: Oh, so when you wake up in Mm -hmm. the morning, Mm -hmm. whether it's raining or it's cloudy Mm -hmm. or it's a bright, sunny day, Mm -hmm. that is the clock hits zero. In terms of your brain going, okay, the day has started.
1: Right. So you really do need to control your light exposure um, to make sure your timekeeper sets it to the world that you need it to be.
0: So if you were to use this research around circadian rhythms mm-hmm. to improve your sleep, how would I go about figuring out what's the first thing I need to do in the morning mm-hmm. to reset my clock, to start training myself to get a better night sleep.
1: Yeah. If you want to reset your clock so that you're up, say, at six in the morning or whenever the sun comes up, get outside and expose yourself to that sun. Eat your breakfast and then do the same with lunch and do the same with dinner. Um, Don't expose yourself to bright light at night, especially blue light. If you expose yourself to a lot of the strong blue light at night, then your circadian system will say, wait a minute, is it morning time? I guess it's morning time and we'll shift you forward.
0: Did everybody hear that? So there are some very free and and specific steps there, mm-hmm. which is get some bright light exposure. And I take it even a cloudy or rainy day is yeah. going to suffice. So
1: much brighter than indoor light. OK. Even and a cloudy how day. how long? It doesn't even take that long. You know, 20 minutes is... Plenty of time. And if you can be exercising during that time, all the better. So okay. get out and walk. If I can only get out for two minutes, would it make yeah. a difference? Two minutes make a difference. Yeah, it makes a difference. Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: And then mm. you also heard everybody that based on the exact same research and principles, mm. staring at your phone, your computer screen, your television mm-hmm. for like in the, in the evening mm-hmm. is a big no-no. Unless right. you've got the blue light blockers, yeah. right? Yep. Because it is signaling to your brain that it's like... Not time to go to bed. Right. <laughs> that's right. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it says it's morning. Yes. I should be awake. Which yeah. is why you're screwing yourself up with this. Yeah. And yeah. why you're getting a bad night's sleep. Who knew sleeping was so complicated? <laughs> yeah. And and I I I love that you're elevating the fact that this isn't about getting rest. This is about your brain health and your overall health mm-hmm. and your body functioning mm-hmm. and you being able to live a better life. Yeah. We have a circadian rhythm for a reason. Yeah. Because our body functions better mm-hmm. when you track to morning light and you start like getting yourself ready to, to go to sleep again when the sun sets. Yeah. One of the things that I found really interesting in your research is the importance of a consistent bedtime mm-hmm. and a growth hormone that gets released yeah. and um, why is that
1: Connected to a consistent bedtime. Right. Well, growth hormone is the thing that helps you repair your muscles, build proteins, um, involved in consolidating your memories and um, just rebuilding damaged parts of your body, that um, gets released in little spurts, if anything, all day long and while you're awake. But when you go to sleep and your circadian system is aligned, in other words, you're going to sleep at the right time relative to your clock, um, which means that melatonin is being released, melatonin and growth hormone together gets the release of growth hormone to be 10 times higher than it is Um, when you're awake. So it's a big spurt of growth hormone that can do things that little spurts can't do. What does a growth hormone do? Growth hormone helps you build proteins. Um, All those amino acids that you eat during the day need to be built into proteins and proteins that get broken down during the day can get built back up. Uh, during, during sleep. And it's really only sleep. If you delay sleep uh, so that it's past the time when your melatonin surge is going, then the growth hormone surge can't be nearly as big. You know what question I'm about to ask next, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does a melatonin supplement help spike that? Like, uh, is that a way or not really? Or We don't know, actually. We don't know, but I, I, I doubt it. Um, because it's not just melatonin. There's a lot of other things that are happening simultaneously with that melatonin. And, and it signals other parts of your body. The other thing about melatonin supplements is that they're not re- regulated by the FDA. So in any one melatonin supplement, there may be zero melatonin or there might be 10 times what you need. Anyway, those can can actually help all of the processes that happen normally in the first few hours of sleep.
0: I start to see how now the importance of a consistent bedtime, mm-hmm. and that's even more important, it seems, than the quality or the length of the sleep. Mm-hmm. When our three kids were little, they had a bed night routine. Mm-hmm. Same bedtime, the same routine, we're winding down, we're picking up the toys. We're saying goodnight. Mm-hmm. We're going up for the bath. Mm-hmm. We're reading the bedtime story. Yeah. You're in your pajamas. You have the little song or prayer or whatever, the yeah. kiss on the forehead. Mm-hmm. You turn off the light. And it was this, this intentional pattern mm-hmm. that was training our kids. Right. It's time to wind down and sleep. Yeah, that's right. And it sounds like that's exactly what we need
1: as adults. Yes. <laughs> we need the same thing as adults. Exactly. You've put it really well. And in fact, you mentioned a bath.
0: Yes, I take one every night. Yeah,
1: it really helps you sleep better. Why? Um, It's thought to be because you are warming um, your periphery and vasodilating your hands and feet because they're nice and warm. Vasodilated. (laughs) That's
0: what I'm going to say to Chris. Chris, I'm going to go vasodilate (laughs) my hands and feet in a hot bath, honey. Right, yes.
1: Um, (laughs) and, And vasodilation is good because what that does is it then helps. Cool your core, which is something that happens as you fall asleep. The core of your body cools by half a degree, something like that. And people get the best night's sleep if they can have warm hands and feet out there, exposed to the air, helping to cool your core. So that's great. Also, to have a great night's sleep, exercise during the day. Our bodies are made to exercise. They are made to move. And if we get a good time of exercise where our blood is racing and our hearts are pounding and our um, breathing is deep, then for some reason, and we don't know exactly why, it might be due to adenosine buildup or needing growth hormone and the signals your body gives you says, we need to repair ourselves, it gives you a really wonderful night's sleep. So those two things are beautiful.
0: A bath and exercise. Mm-hmm. You heard it here. And bright light in the morning mm-hmm. and a consistent bedtime. Those four things that you are giving everybody for free based <laughs> on decades and decades of research. Yeah. And not
1: too much caffeine too late. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's
0: right. That's number five. <laughs> yes. Not too much caffeine, everybody. Thank you for explaining that, Dr. Poe. And one of the things that I love as I listen to you is I'm realizing you're designed to sleep well. Like, this is part of your hardwiring, your natural intelligence, your DNA, You run on a circadian rhythm, and sleep is a critical function. So, this is something that we can all learn how to do better. Right. So, you're one of the uh, most renowned sleep researchers in the world. What is your... Sleep routine. (laughs) What time do you go to bed? Walk us through your evening. You had dinner, then what do you do for your optimal sleep?
1: Yeah. Sometimes I have to work after dinner in the evening. But, um, the best time for me to go to sleep is around eleven or ten thirty at night, so if I can put away my work um, by an hour before that that 's the best time for me. take a shower and um, and then in bed, what works great for me is either. Just prayer and uh, relaxation, deep breathing, or um, I can distract my racing brain with a really dumb... Little game on my phone with my phone set to non-blue. Wait, I'm like, hey, wait, wait. <laughs> did, did did the sleep
0: researcher just tell me she's playing a game on her phone? Right, but I turn off the blue I feel light. Like I need to delete
1: this. <laughs> it's a dimmer screen, and oh, it's see now you look embarrassed light. that you're actually saying. I, I'm yeah, proud no, of you no. for admitting yeah, it. No. Everybody
0: was just like, she's normal. <laughs> oh my God, thank
1: God. I play a game. How do you block the thing on the? On the blue light? Oh, yes. it's, it's a setting on my phone. Just uh, you know, you can oh take away gosh. the blue light. Okay. Yeah. And so the dumb I game is something. I don't recommend this, by the way, right. everybody. <laughs> the dumb game is something that's not mentally challenging. And of course, if I lose, it's okay. So I, I just, and, you know, it's threes where you stick numbers together to form three. And then anyway, Um, so yeah. And within 10 minutes, I'm usually, I'm out. Um, Wow. Yeah. I don't even bother putting my phone all the way on my nightstand. I just... Don't drop it. Okay. <laughs> don't drop I, it. I don't even like to have the phone in the bedroom. No, it's better to have it not in the bedroom. And, and of course, my phone is set to n- do not disturb mode so that okay. it's not disturbing me. And okay. it doesn't. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's better to have it not in the room. And for some people, actually, what works great also is reading a book, um, whatever it is. It's just relaxing. And within 10 minutes, 12 minutes, you should be asleep.
0: Well, uh, I could talk to you for hours. Obviously, Doctor <laughs> Poe, I just want to thank you so much on behalf of everybody listening for really breaking this down for us and sharing simple things that we can do because. As I said from the very beginning, my mission in having this conversation with you is to help you get the best sleep of your life. And there were so many takeaways from Dr. Poe, and I want you to try three of them. That's all that I'm asking. And I'm going to share with you the three that make the biggest difference for me. Number one, bright light first thing in the morning. I get myself outside first thing in the morning to reset the circadian rhythm. It's made a huge difference. Second, get serious about going to bed earlier. The happier I am, the more successful I am, I notice the earlier I am in bed at night and the more I prioritize my sleep. And third, I'm hanging my hat on the bath. I'll tell you what, just like I would train my kids to go to sleep, I take a bath or a shower at night. It is part of the routine. And so I want you to find three things that you're going to implement based on what you just learned from the renowned researcher, Dr. Gina Poe. And of course, let me know. Let me know how it's working for you. And one more thing. In case no one else tells you, I want to be sure to tell you that I love you, I believe in you, and I believe in your ability to apply all this science to make your life a little better. And in the meantime, I'll talk to you in a few days. Here we go. First, uh, wait a minute. Today, you and I are going to learn from, today, you know what, this is not centered. I'm looking over here. Like, can we, the, the, the computer is one third of the way over here. I'd even go even more. There you go. Perfect. Thank you. It's still way over here. Something's way off. Oh, that is scary. All right. You want me to try that one more time? The computer is so crooked and it's flipping me out. Can we just get a different thing? Don't we have like a different thing somewhere? I'm sorry. It's just like, I know you hate that thing too. Launch it in the trash. Let's see if that'll work. Oh, that's probably too tall. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. We're Gucci. Okay, we ready, ladies? Sorry, here it comes. Oh, man. Does that help you sleep? There's another one. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Sorry, everybody. I know I'm disgusting, but I'm also human. We all burp. <laughs> okay, here we go. Forty-two. Wins. Oh, oh eleven forty-two. Everybody. All right, <laughs> that's okay. All right, I think we got it.
1: Okay, <laughs> we went to new territory there. Yes, oh, we did.
0: <laughs> oh, and one more thing. And no, this is not a blooper. <laughs> this is the legal language. You know what the lawyers write, and what I need to read to you. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm just your friend. I am not a licensed therapist. And this podcast is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. Got it? Good. I'll see you in the next episode.
1: Stitcher.